Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode, the final episode in our three-part series on the Christian Sabbath. Uh, I hope this, inc- this conversation has been helpful to you, encouraging to you. Uh, we had a lot of fun uh, and, uh, recording it, but we also hope that you were blessed hearing it. And I, we hope at the very least that it made you think and reconsider some of these uh, principles that, that you may not have thought of uh, or thought seriously about before. Um, in this last section, we're going to talk a little bit more practical implications. What does uh, observing a Sunday Sabbath look like, as well as some examples of where we think uh, people historically have maybe gone a little too far. Uh, you know, the Puritans and some early church fathers, where where some may have taken this principle, this uh, beautiful doctrine of the, the Sabbath, and taken it a little bit too far. So enjoy this last section. Uh, we hope you've... Uh, enjoyed it, but as as we close it off, we really want to encourage you uh, to take it seriously, but also uh, to, to find joy in it and to uh, rejoice uh, in the resurrection of our Savior. So without further ado, uh, here's the last section of our episode titled Sunday Funday, a discussion on the Christian Sabbath. <laughs> you're, you're excited. Uh, but I wanted, to, I did want to talk about the Puritans. They went over is it? Yeah. So, so if we're gonna push to that, um, that that view of okay, what is what does it look like to celebrate the Sabbath? Because um, it actually should be celebrated. Um, I thought it was an interesting. Uh, just reading through Hodge there on the on the Sabbath, he actually referenced that in the early church they wouldn't let the men uh, kneel down to pray on the on the Lord's day because it wasn't supposed to be a somber day. It was supposed to be a joyful rejoicing day that they were supposed to be celebrating. That they were it wasn't supposed to be a That's day. incredible. It was not supposed to be a day when people would fast. You know, you don't you don't come to church going, Oh, I'm fasting today. I was gonna, I was gonna I'm I'm trying to uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, even Jesus talks about not putting uh, ashes on your head and, and not letting people know that you're fasting, but he's like uh, what Jesus says you can't fast when the bridegroom is with with you. Yeah. I think uh, why it I would think you it do is that? wrong. I yeah. I'll say this. This is one of my weird views. I think it is wrong to fast on the Lord's Day. I think it's a feast day. I, yeah. I, I do not think you should be fasting on the Lord's Day. I just don't think you should be doing that. I think it's right there in the Didache, right in the beginning, too. There you go. You should not be doing that. But the Puritans once threw him in a jail or fined him for smiling. <laughs> <laughs> they threw him in jail for smiling on, on, on Sunday. And... That's too far. That's that they did the exact same thing as the Jews did with Jesus, and that guy is doing exactly what he was supposed to be doing, smiling and enjoying and rejoicing on the Lord's day. Uh, when it comes to recreation, a lot of people will bring up Isaiah fifty-eight thirteen, and let me just turn there real quick and try to make this episode as long as I can. <laughs> um, but so here's a here's a verse that you need to wrestle with on your own, and come to a conclusion with on your own. Uh, He says, if thou turn away thy foot from the Sabbath, from doing thy pleasure on my holy day, and call the Sabbath a delight, the holy of the Lord, honorable and shall honor him, not doing thine own ways, nor finding thine own pleasure, nor speaking thine own words, then thou shalt delight thyself in in the Lord, and I will cause thee to ride upon the high places of the earth, and to feed thee with the heritage of Jacob, thy father, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken it. Um, so, 
obviously, nor finding thine own pleasure, nor speaking thine own words. In the context, uh, this is kind of a judgment for uh, going about commerce on Sunday, buying, selling, working, uh, economical judgment. Uh, I th- I think in the context, and I, I've read uh, uh, quite a few uh, resources on this, I think in the context, this is mostly an indictment against uh, business. Right. I'll, I'll say right now, I don't care if you're a Christian or not a Christian, if you're working or going about business on the Lord's Day, you're sinning. That's just how it is. No, no apologies about it. Just like if you're killing somebody, you're sinning. Same, it's in the same Decalogue. Uh, so, unless it's an act of mercy. Um, need, need to throw that qualification in there. <laughs> that's, how, that's how you accidentally create Puritans. <laughs> um, <laughs> accidental Puritan. Yeah. Uh, ha- hashtag accidental Puritan. My, my bad. Yeah, uh, so. I shouldn't be laughing right now. <laughs> but... <laughs> <laughs> that was good. Um, but I think I think with recreation, it needs... I don't think this is a specific indictment against breaking out, I don't know, some sort of little game to play with each other on the Lord's Day or enjoying the creation. Like, hey, let's go on a walk and, and there's this really cool park over here. Let's go on a walk over here. I, I don't think it's an indictment against that. However, that's a slippery slope. It's a slippery slope from saying... Hey, let's break out the football and, have, and toss it around with the family. To saying, let's go inside and turn on the football game, which right. I do think would be over the over the line, not good, um, because you need to do stuff on Sunday that sets the day apart as the Lord's, right. not yours. So that's kind of the general rule. At it. should I do this on Sunday? Well, is this setting aside my own desires for the Lord or not? I, I think. It needs to be a joy. You need to break out the wine. You need to break out the pasta. You need to uh, give your kids some candy, make it a special day for them, laugh, be surrounded around fellowship with family as much as you can, uh, but make it a holy day. I I personally, I'm not going to have football. I'm not going to be playing sports or on the TV with my family. Just not going to be doing that. There's just certain uh, discernment calls you got to make saying that's this is making this just like any other day. And I don't want that. Um, but that's kind of up to the individual person. However, I think everybody knows, especially check your heart. If you're thinking, well, I'm going to watch the game. Well, I'm just going to watch it. I'm going to watch it because I want to. And if you tell me I can't watch the, the game, you're being legalistic. Exactly. Right. If you start throwing around the L word and you probably get to check yourself before you wreck yourself because <laughs> this is the Lord's day, not yours. And so we should be asking how far can I go to make this day of the Lord's instead of how close to the line can I get to, to doing what I want to do. And while still not making it a burden because right. it's, it's still supposed to be a feast day. It's still right. supposed to be a day um, that's, that's joyous. And when you turn it too much into, well, I need to read 18 chapters of, uh, of Leviticus uh, or all 22 chapters of Leviticus um, in on, on the Lord's Day every day because that's what the people of Israel did. They read the they read the law on the Lord's Day yeah. uh, or, or on the Sabbath. Like, oh, um, you're, you're going to run yourself in. Or okay, let's let me let me uh, pick up my systematic theology and I have oh, to re- yeah. I have to read my whole systematic theology. You know, a whole a whole chapter of the systematic theology. Like, uh, don't put those unnecessary rules on yourself, uh, on your family. Uh, but be willing to put something that's an expectation. Like this is, 
this is what we do. It's part of our uh, Sunday afternoon liturgy, right? <laughs> like, right. Uh, we, we, we get home from church, and it's not time to uh, kick off the shoes and just veg out. Um, and, and that's what gets back to what Hodge talked about there was um, how many of us get to work on Monday morning and go, oh, I hate Monday. Um, because it was a hangover from a misspent weekend. Right. Um, why shouldn't we come into work on Monday going, I spent the whole day praising, worshiping, setting apart that day to the Lord, and I am ready to tackle Monday. Monday ain't got nothing on me. I, and, I'm ready to go. And you did some recreational, maybe the, the root word recreative, you know, kind of refreshes you. Uh, meaning, obviously, I don't think you should go too far, but let's say Tim comes over and we're playing around, I don't know, I don't know what we do, toss around the rugby just a little <laughs> in the backyard while we're talking yeah. and talk about maybe the sermon, tossing around a rugby. Um, that's that's going to do so much more for you than watching the game, which, first of all, the NFL is a multi billion dollar industry and so is the nba and so you're supporting commerce on the lord's day which you should not be doing uh second of all why like how is that how is that setting apart the day as special for you yeah and i know for a fact that people don't believe like oh yeah it's still the lord's day no because people say like oh yeah it's super bowl sunday when's the last time you said it's jesus christ sunday When's the last time you said it's resurrection? Maybe Easter. But <laughs> like, when's the last time that you hallowed Sunday as religiously as you did the Super Bowl? I'm willing to bet 90% of the people, none. Well, I had a, I had a conversation with somebody a few weeks ago, um, and he was talking about uh, the, the passages that talk about meat sacrifice to idols. And we were like, we don't really have that same uh social dynamic in our society like you know you're going over to somebody's house going is was this meat sacrificed to an idol can i eat it you know and paul says don't ask it for conscience sake and, and his conclusion was the closest thing that we have to that in our society is a super bowl party that that you go and you've got this massive spread laid out so that so that we can watch the football game um, and it's a, it's a feast laid out for no other reason than to, um, and, and I use this lightly, but to worship the NFL, right. um, it, it's laid out there. And the, I think it, it might be a little bit of a stretch to make that the same as meat sacrifice to idols. Um, but it does, it does bear, a, a, an ugly similarity there. Um, that, and you know what it's worth being about careful over. A lot of people would be like, so you're telling me, Tim, that I have to go to the store on Saturday and prepare food beforehand. And you're telling me, what, what happens this Saturday before Super Bowl Sunday? The store is packed because people don't even ask questions. Then they're buying Doritos and beans and everything that you can think of to put to dip your chips in. And they're preparing their butts off for Super Bowl Sunday. Yeah. I mean, people know how to be religious. People know how to follow the commands of God. They just don't want to. Yeah. And that's a serious indictment. And it sucks, yeah. but it's true. And my dad's a pastor, so pastors don't really get to rest that much on Sundays. Uh, but yeah, I don't know why I brought that up. I was just gonna, I was just gonna bring up like 
certain certain ways in which you might have to work if you're a medical professional. Or, well, and I had to. I had, I'd have to look back up uh, who it was. It might have been Hodge that, that was that was talking about it. But that um, even the clergy who are officiating those services on the Lord's Day, um, that work is a priestly work. That's a you're you're before the Lord. You're you're you are participating in the worship of God. So you're not. You shouldn't have to be worrying about um, uh, whether or not <laughs> is a pastor going. Oh, am I? <laughs> do I get to rest on the Lord's day? Like that's the one day a week I work, um, which is not true. Pastors work more than one day a week. Uh, yeah. so we'll, we'll clear that misconception up. Mm-hmm. Um, I love when when people bring up. Oh, it, it must be nice to be a pastor to only have to work one day a week. You wish. <laughs> you don't know what it means to be a pastor. Then. Yeah. Uh, but. Uh, but but regardless, the the clergy are still um, expected to rest on that day, which means as much as they can having that having your sermon prepared before Sunday morning should be ready to go. Um, knowing knowing the songs, knowing the liturgy, knowing all that stuff is that when you show up on Sunday morning, despite the fact that you're leading the congregation in those things, you are still a participant, and you're still being blessed by that worship and when you go home, it's a day for rest. It, it's not a day for just vegging out as a weekend uh, to, to be a misspent day. Uh, and we want to be careful uh, of misspending the day because it's cl- not your what, day. Whether you're a clergy or not. I, yeah. I mean, imagine if, imagine if somebody gives you $100, actually, I have a good example of this. One time in California, my uncle, he gave me $100. I was like 16. And there's this really cool donut shop down the street. And he was like, hey, go to that donut shop, get all the best donuts, and bring it back because we're going to crush them. And I was like, deal. <laughs> so I rode down there with his $100 in my pocket, uh, went to pay for the donuts, checked my pockets. They were empty. I lost his $100. And some guy picked it up, looked at me. And I, I remembered, I was like, why is this guy looking at me? And what is he picking up? It was $100, but it wasn't my $100 to lose. And I felt so bad. And I was like, I'm sorry, I can pay you back. And I don't, I'm, I don't, I just felt bad because it, because it wasn't my $100 to lose. Right. Same thing with this day, the Lord's day, Sunday. It's not your day to, to use and to lose. It's not your day. And that's something that we have to get in our heads is that it's not mine. I don't get to watch binge watch the office on Sunday because it's not my day. And that's, I guess being a black coffee cowboy Calvinist helps me, you know, ground myself in the fact that it's not about me. Right. But that's something that people need to get in their minds. It's not about you. And the more you do this, seek ye first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added to you. The more that you take the pains and take uh, and do this stuff to be diligent, you're, you're going to start creating a culture around yourself. You're going to have you're going to marry a wife and you're going to have kids and you're going to create a, a culture. I was just at your brother's uh, for dinner and, and they have a, a little liturgy he does with his kids before before their Sabbath dinner. And he's creating a culture around the Lord's day, around the worship of the Lord. And the more that you do that, the better it will become. What's going to happen when when your kids have kids and all of a sudden you have 50 people come in your house every Sunday 
Now that's going to be fun. <laughs> that's going to be awesome. At first, when it's just you and your wife, oh, man, this kind of sucks. I mean, nobody else wants to do this with us, but you create a culture. You need to be culture makers, not culture writers. Mm-hmm. And writers as in R-I-D-E-R-S. R-I-D, yeah. yeah, like like a wave thing. But we are culture writers. Yes, that W-R-I, too. like we create the culture, but yeah. we don't ride the culture. Yeah. It's also a horse or a motorcycle. I don't know. I also <laughs> wanted to bring up the early church. Okay. Would you mind reading a couple quotes? Because you texted me some some bangers. Oh, dang. Now I have to go back and find it. Well, when it comes to... So a lot of people will appeal to the early church. And that's great. And so do we. We love the early church. That doesn't mean they were 100% correct on everything. But, however, when the early church is unanimous on something, just they don't even, like, they don't even skip a beat, that should give you pause. The early church was unanimous on the sacraments, unanimous on the Sabbath. Uh, it is unanimous on Jesus in the Trinity. You, so when you know that the early church was a bunch of cold-blooded first-day Sabbatarians, that should give you pause to be like, whoa. Okay, and that they were, that they were. And might I add, the epistle of Barnabas, I think I was reading the other day, and he grounds the the keeping of the Lord's day in the new creation that Jesus accomplished. I was so excited when I found that quote. I was like, yes, it's right here. It's right here in the early church around 70 AD is is when that letter was written. And he says, we keep the eighth day because Jesus accomplished the new creation on it. I was like, I don't know. I just wanted to throw the book through the window and <laughs> and tell everybody I knew about it. So Ignatius, Bishop of Antioch in 101 AD, says, Let everyone that loves Christ keep holy the Lord's day, the queen of days, the resurrection day, the highest of all days. So what happened to that? What happened to that no day is different than the other thing? Ignatius didn't get the message. <laughs> that's a 100 AD. Um, that's a conservative estimate. Wait, is it? Never mind. 101 AD. Um, Irenaeus, on the Lord's day, every one of us Christians keeps the Sabbath. Clement of Alexandria testifies, a Christian, according to the command of the gospel, observes the Lord's day, thereby glorifying the resurrection of the Lord. This, this goes all the way back Boom. to we're, we're testifying of, of the resurrection of God. Um, uh, Spurgeon, from his hey, uh, catechism. A lot of people love Spurgeon. A lot of people don't know he was a Sabbatarian. And a Puritan. Yeah, probably the last Puritan. But one of the last Puritans, yeah. Um, uh, he says the Sabbath, this is part of his... Uh, Catechism. He says the Sabbath is to be sanctified by the holy resting all that day, even from such worldly employments and recreations as are lawful on other days, and spending the whole time in the public and private exercises of God's worship, except so much as is taken up in the works of necessity and mercy. So that's the um, uh, that's what we're talking about. The needing to if somebody's car breaks down on the side of the road, it's okay if you're a mechanic and you know how to fix that pull over and, and help them fix their car. Right. Like that's because that's serving the Lord right. in, in that, that an act of mercy. Mm-hmm. Uh, A.W. Pink, 
less early church. Um, but yeah, well, he was uh, a pastor here in Colorado. Yeah. Did you know that? Us, uh, but we view it, we view this as early church stuff, right? So yeah, well, the um, church started uh, really with <laughs> Billy Graham, and so no, this is. But but we're in the, we're still in the early church. Oh yeah. So oh right. Oh yeah, well, yeah. Redemptive historically, we are in the Pink, early church. Pink and Spurgeon. Sure. Pink and Spurgeon are still early church fathers. Yeah, I ain't scared. They'll go me. down as, eh, because they're Baptists, but it's all right. <laughs> Pink says uh, the lasting nature of the perpetuity of this twofold commandment is further evidenced by the fact that in the above reason given for its enforcement, there was nothing which peculiarly pertinent to the nation of Israel, but instead that which speaks with clarion voice to the whole human race. Moreover, this statute was given a place not in the ceremonial law of Israel, which was to be done away with when Christ fulfilled its types, but in the moral law, which was given by the finger of God himself upon the tables of stone to signify to us its permanent nature. Boom. What are, what are, what are you going to do? <laughs> you're you're left, much you can do. You're left with a, a very clear... Uh, understanding through history that this is what uh the the church has believed that um I, I would even go so far as to say it's not legalistic to say that we need to keep the sabbath um no it's not and it's very clear to say that the uh, the, the keeping of that sabbath is not just uh, or, or to say it's not explicitly said in the new testament um isn't really a good argument it's not a good argument and it's that. also not really true Right, it's not true. Read Hebrews four, but you also don't have a. Where was the second giving of the law? That's <clears throat> that's Deuteronomy. That's right. a, there isn't a. The New Testament doesn't have a Ten Commandments. So to say, oh well, the the uh, the command to keep the Sabbath is no longer valid because we're in the New Testament and it's not repeated in the New Testament, despite you know what what we've already talked about it not being um, explicitly said there. Um, or that it is said there, um, to say that it misses the point because you can't make that inference because the apostles believed that the Old Testament was Scripture, and unless it was explicitly abrogated, they said it was binding. Right. And so regardless of this, um, regardless of your, of your view of whether or not um, it's explicitly say, stated, which I think we've given ample ample evidence to support that it is uh, there in the new testament mm-hmm. um and not just like grunt work uh, exegesis that you have to go oh how do, how do we connect all these dots and, and make sure that it's there I, th- I think it's very manifestly there it's pretty yeah. clearly uh, presented uh, but the old testament gave us the decalogue it gave us the ten commandments and said that these were statutes forever um, this is the moral law. It's rooted in the character of God, as we've already discussed. Um, those don't go away. The only time that they can change um, is... Um, oh, sorry. I'm folding my pages, man. Sorry, dude. Um, <laughs> the only time they can change, a, a changing of those things, is for sufficient reason and by a competent authority. Uh, so if you're going to change the Sabbath from a Saturday to a Sunday, it's going to require a sufficient reason for it and a um, competent authority. To and the say only that competent authority is the Lord of the Sabbath. So you have Christ and his apostles writing 
and saying, why, okay, we're changing, it's changing to Sunday. Why was this being changed to Sunday? Is there sufficient reason for it? Well, what happened on a Sunday was Christ's resurrection. Okay, that seems like sufficient reason enough. Uh, I think all Christians would, would view that as a sufficient reason to mark a, spe a special day, and not just a special day in April, but that this is something worth commemorating on a regular basis. Uh, and so then, okay, we have a sufficient reason to change that from Saturday to a Sunday. Uh, but then who can, who's allowed to make that? Who's the competent authority to make that change? Uh, well, I think Christ and his apostles had reasonable authority to make that to make that change the, it's also it's very clear that that that's a that, that was a justified uh change hearkening back to your when you're talking about it's not explicitly stated in the new testament you know it's funny because the jews could have actually said the exact same thing in exodus they could have been like what do you mean remember what you never told us to do anything because it doesn't say oh, here's this new thing, start keeping this day. It says, remember the Sabbath. The Jews could have, could have lobbied the exact, or levied the exact same accusation and been like, what are you talking about? Keep what? Remember what? What are you talking about? He never told us to do that. Well, he never told Cain, thou shalt not kill, right? Or maybe he did. Was that after Genesis 9? doesn't matter. It's natural. Right. But... Uh, it's it's important because people say, well, you know, it's not explicitly stated. Well, Jews could have said the exact same thing, but they didn't. They were they were like, yep, rooted in creation, got it, understand. But I wanted to close with just reading this verse from Nehemiah, and it's about a Sabbath, the Sabbath, and it's very good. I love this. Um, it just talks about the the happiness of the day, and. Ezra the priest, the scribe, and the Levites that taught the people said unto all the people, This day is holy unto the Lord your God. Do not mourn nor weep, for all the people wept when they heard when they heard the words of the law. But he said unto them, Go your way, eat the fat, drink the sweet, send portions to, unto them for, not, for whom nothing is prepared. For this day is holy unto our Lord. Neither be ye sorry, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. So the Levites stilled all the people, saying, Hold your peace, for this day is holy. Neither, neither be ye grieved. And all the people went their way to eat and to drink and to send portions and to make great mirth because they had understood the words that were declared to them. It's a holy day. It's a feast day. Live it. Rejoice in it. Keep it. And have fun. And remember that when there comes, there does come a consequence to not observing those moral commands. Um, and I think, and I think you would agree, uh, a lot of the, the turmoil that we see in our nation today could largely be traced back to um, not sanctifying Christ as Lord in our hearts. Yep. Um, even just just take Christians. Don't just look at the, the nation as a whole, uh, although I think there, there's uh, valid um, uh, inference there. Uh, but look at the church that go you go to church for your 90 minutes on Sunday morning and then spend eight hours of, of um, football watching in the afternoon. Um, it, 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 you don't have to look far right uh, to, to see okay why why is the church 
trending towards liberalism? Why is the church trending towards, um, oh, the, uh, the, 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 um, these commands don't, don't apply to us. Why is it, oh, we've got a virus in our world. Um, let's just close down. We, we just don't, we don't have to meet. It's fine. We'll, we'll suspend meeting for a while. Um, what gets us to the point where we're, where we feel like that's acceptable. Um, and then fires and riots and civil unrest and all this stuff that, that comes along with that. It's like, um, we failed to be salt in the world, yep. different, preservative, flavorful. Um, your work will still be there when you get back on Monday. Don't check your emails. Mm -hmm. um, it, it's okay. It's okay if you don't catch the Broncos game. Um, if the Broncos win or lose, it's fine. Like you, you can worship the Lord and catch the highlights tomorrow. And, and cause we're not saying that, that watching football or watching basketball or watching baseball is a bad thing. Like those, those are fun sports. I love watching those sports myself. Yeah. Um, on my own time, but there's, but there's value to putting that day aside just for, uh, the, the worship of God. And I think, um, when you look at the passages like uh, Chronicles that says, uh, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, I will hear their cry from heaven and, and I will heal their land. Um, look at the promise that was made there to Israel um, as they had to cry out to God for their mistreating of his law, of following his commands. That principle applies equally to us today. Um, do we want peace in our society again today? Absolutely. Um, why are we afraid to go into society and deal with it? Um, why are we afraid to combat abortion and um, the, the the rampant sodomy in our culture, the 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 racial issues, the the civil issues, all of these things? Why are we afraid of that? Well, because we haven't sanctified, as Peter tells us, sanctify Christ as Lord in your in your hearts, and then have an answer for everyone who asks for the hope that's in you. Uh, we haven't done that. We've, we've not sanctified that day under the Lord. And so we've missed that opportunity to be salt and light in the culture. And as a result, we see the culture deteriorating mm -hmm. around us. I mean, we just, just in 2012, Colorado had Sabbath laws, alcohol stores and, and car dealerships couldn't be open on Sundays. Isn't that crazy? You couldn't close a mortgage deal on Sunday. Yeah, those those were Sabbath laws. It's in the Constitution that yep. there shall be no laws made on the day of the Lord. Yep. I mean, it's it, it was so fundamental to this culture in the beginning, but now you have Christians who are angry if you close down on Sundays. Uh, one of the great things when I was up in Moscow, Idaho, was seeing how much things were closed on Sunday. It was awesome. It was so cool. It's like the whole town was a Chick-fil-A. Yeah, yeah. And, and what was so cool about it was I'd heard stories about people who found out about the church out there because they were like, why is everything closed on Sunday? Oh, there's a lot of Christians. Oh, they go to this church. It, it had a, a witness, a public witness and a cultural effect. Yeah. Don't we want to have that? Yeah. I mean... Let's, let's be salt. Yeah. Let's let's 
make a difference. Let, let's um, be set apart, be set apart that day. Um, one out of seven, it's, it's a good ratio. Yeah, it's the perfect um, ratio. It's given by God, it's a blessing not to be afraid, um, but to treat it as, as a valuable, glorious um, thing to be able to worship the living God yeah. um, who has revealed himself. Like, if that doesn't just blow your mind and get chills sent down your back, uh, let that be there. Uh, so, we can cut it off there. Yeah, let's, let's, we got, we got, let's, let's let it go. We're, we're pushing on two hours there. We'll probably pick this up at some point again. This is just a, oh, this such is a, a, a glorious topic. Yeah, it's a here. part of life. So, hey, glorify the Lord's day. Uh, love it, live it, feast on it, teach your family about it, teach your kids about it, and keep the fourth commandment. Amen. See ya.